Good Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. It's time for us to brief you. You can brief me. We'll brief each other on what's happening in the world of news and current events right here on the Brewers Briefing. Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 8 to 9 o'clock on the Brew. We also podcast it out there. It's in the podcast places. It's called Brewers Briefing. You might have figured that out by now. So get involved. Give us a call on the, the Brew Lines or text us on the Wendy Chevy text line. It's the same number. Text or call. What number does it all? That number is 918 918- Seven five six three six four six. You people get in here today. I almost forgot about you. Good night. Can't be having that. How you doing today? I hope you're doing all right. You doing good? Everybody's good. Everybody good. All right, all right. Sit down. All right, it's Tuesday. It's been a while since we've been here. Right? The whole weekend, and then of course yesterday, and here we are, September twelfth. Anyway, I hope you're doing good. Take a look at the weather forecast quickly. See what's happening out there in the weather. It's it's pretty nice out. Sixty four, overcast. A little light rain here in Yondo. A thirty percent chance of showers today. Mostly gone already. Cloudy and seventy five for the high temperature. Aren't you loving that cooler weather? I mean, I had to put a long sleeve on yesterday, and I like that. I'm ready. Cloudy tonight, 59. North breezes at 5. Tomorrow, 78. Partly sunny skies. Slight chance of a shower overnight. Thursday, 50-50 chance of showers. and Thunderstorms, 72. And cloudy, 40% chance that evening. Friday, may continued 40% chance of rain. 75. Saturday, 79. And sun, sh- no, yeah, mostly sunny. Sunday, 82, sunshine, and Monday, 85, and sunshine. And I think it's going to be 80s most of the week next week and 70s all this week. Come on now. That's awesome right there. I love that. Don't you love that? I know. We all love that. Temperatures around the state. Let's see. we got 50s up in the panhandle, 53 at Hooker, the coldest spot in the state. And let's see, what do we got down south? We got 69 in Idabel as the hot spot of the state. Still pretty nice. 60s and 50s all over the state. Absolutely awesomeness. Loving it. And the rain was needed as well. A lot of people got some rain, so that's good. Let's just look at the rainfall. You want to see what we got? Let me look around the state. Where's my rainfall gauge? There it is right there. Let's see who got some rainage. Looks like the eastern part got the most. Weber's Falls, almost an inch. Salisaw got three quarters. And, yeah, looks like you fall. I got about almost a half an inch as well. So, anyway, pretty decent. We'll take it, by gosh. Okay, so we got everything else? Did we, did we talk about everything? We got it all? We got it all done? Get the, the main stuff, the weather and all that? Okay, just checking. So today's Tuesday. Friday's coming. We got Friday football. This week's going to be Bags traveling up to Vertigris and uh, taking on taking them on. We'll be broadcasting that live on the Brew TV Sports. I apologize. Last week, last Friday, we we were uh, we started the uh, Morris Henrietta game, and we had a, a piece of equipment that just fried on us, like literally <laughs> cooked. For whatever reason, you know, I, and then we couldn't get the video. And so what do you do? We, we didn't have like seven backups. You know, it's just it's a small operation. So I apologize for not being able to f- carry that out. But, you know, equipment malfunction. It's over. It's bye-bye. See you later. We, I bought new ones. So it's got new equipment coming for this week. Hopefully it'll go well. I think it will. It should. It's the first time it's happened. But anyway, it's, it's stupid. Equipment is stupid. 
I mean, I've got, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. All right, so, so let me let me let me just share a story with you, okay? Just real quick. Speaking of equipment and stupid, I am the dumbest mechanic <laughs> in the history of mechanics. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about the way I think. I, I wonder sometimes if it's the way, I, and I think I've always thought this way. Sometimes I think. Maybe I'm losing my mind. And then I look back over the history of my life. and I'm like, No, you've always done stupid stuff like that, Brooks. The way you put stuff together and you have to do it twice. You do it backwards, upside down. You can't, you know, you know, your brain just doesn't work in certain ways. Now, I'm fairly handy around the house. You know, I can do most things, plumbing, electrical, you know, whatever. Yes, I have to do it twice. Anyway, I had this little project in, in the house here. I got to tell you about it because it's kind of funny. It's, it's, it's really I don't know what you're going to think about me when you hear this whole story and I'll drag it out as long as I can. <laughs> so we had the oven, like the stove, you got a fan over your stove, right? You got to get, we got a gas stove in there you got a little fan up there. Sucks out the exhaust fan and it's got a little light switch. So you look up and there's two switches, one for the fan, one for the light bulb. All right. Well, the lights working and the fan is not. Okay. Well, I got to fix that. So, you know, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, well, you know, probably not likely that the little switch went out, probably the fan. I'm just, there was no, no fuses or anything like that. Right. So, so I get online, I, I look for the fan. I think it's the same fan Buy the fan. Go wait however many days, get the fan, get the fan, get the fan. I got the fan, took the old fan out, getting the new fan, put the new fan up there to put it in. And there's two little bolts coming out in the, the fan bracket has holes in it. I hope this doesn't bore you guys. It's going to be funny. And it, and, and, and it, it didn't fit. It did. <laughs> the bracket was not wide enough to go over the little bolt sticking out. The holes wouldn't line up. So I'm like, well, okay, I've got to, I've got to go retro this thing. I got to, I got to make it work. <laughs> there was no way to make it work. There's just, I mean, I couldn't come up with a way. All right. So let's just put it that way. So I take the bracket off the old fan Brilliant idea. I think I don't look at the screws or same time. I'm so smart. I took the bracket off the old fan, put it on the new fan. Well, it was shaped a little differently and the blades were hitting the bracket, the, the little fan blade. I said, well, I can't have that. You can't have that noise going on when you're in the kitchen. I mean, right. You can't hit. No. So I got to I got to alter that little bracket a little bit. And I mean, it's, it's like a eighth of an inch, you know, clearance. If I can get that, it won't make any noise. We'll be good. So, so I get it up there. I put the new fan in. Everything, you know, and I had to wire, do the wiring and the cut and splice. And I got all the stuff. I got all the stuff. And I did it all. And the fan didn't work. Still didn't work. And I'm like, well, I know it's wired correctly. I got pictures. I looked at everything. Still didn't work. It must be the switch. The little switch up there is no good. Okay. Buy a new switch. Went online. Sure enough. Exact switch. Buy the switch. Wait a couple days. <laughs> Get the switch. Okay. And uh, the switch was not that easy to get out. I got the switch out. I know this is a long story. And I got the switch put in. No worky. Still didn't work. I'm just like... <laughs> There's not much to this. There's just these three wires coming from the fan to the switch. The switch is these can't both be bad. It can't be, right? <laughs> and 
Here comes the punchline. So I'm standing there in the kitchen, and the beloved is standing there next to me. And we're looking at this situation. I'm like, I just can't believe this thing won't work. And I swear to you, she she looks over at the, the wall here. She's like, could it be this switch right here? <laughs> I kid you not. And she pushes a little switch on the side of the wall over there, and there goes the fan. I mean, it's just a journey like <laughs> it's like that that switch on the wall has been there the whole time, hasn't it? Like it's it's been there. I've been working around this thing and having my tools and all the stuff, and that that switch has been right there, right there by the stove, obviously. And that thing just humming like crazy. And I'm just like Brooks, you are the dumbest sob on the planet. How did you not look over there and see that and maybe give that a try? Before this whole episode, hell, I don't know that anything was ever wrong with any of it. It might have been switch. It might have been bad. I mean, it might have been just turned off. I don't know. She said, no, the switch, I know it was not working. Something you fixed. I'm like, well, I think she's trying to make me feel better. But anyway, that's, that's yeah, so that's working great. But, oh, but I, I didn't even tell you. I didn't tell her this part, okay? So I was going to go put the screen thing back on to cover it up. And it won't fit because the new bracket is it's the, the fan thing. It's too deep. I can't get the old screen thing back on. So it's just up there now with no screen. And I'm not going to tell her. She's Maybe she's not listening right now. Maybe she went to the bathroom or something. And so let's keep that between us, okay? Because right now it's just wide open. Anyway, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Anyway, I'm so stupid. You ever do something like that and you just feel absolutely so stupid? I know. Probably not. But I do. Good morning, David. Welcome to the program, sir. Appreciate the text and good morning. And... Good morning, JP. Welcome, sir. Appreciate you guys tuning in and checking in on me and make sure we're all here together. Who else we got? The Wendy Chevy text line. We got Tony in there. Good morning, Brewer, she says. Good morning. Morning, old man, says Pharaoh. Hi, buddy. Vicky is also in the loop. Good morning, madam. Glad to have you guys for the ride today. And we got a bunch of other people out here on the interwebs. I'm seeing you out there. Got Finland uh, on board. Good morning, Finland. I see you way over there. Got somebody on the East Coast and everybody else here in the central part of the state. Good morning. Anyway, that's so, I mean, you feel so stupid. I mean, it's one thing that I ran the kayak through the, the, the garage the other day. And then this whole episode. I mean, it took me two weeks to get this thing all put in there. And then she's like, I wonder if it's switched right here on the wall. Okay. Anyway, that's where was I? Well, we were going to talk about news and nobody cares about all that stupid stuff. Let's see what is happening out there for you people. All right. So yesterday was nine 11 and we didn't do a show yesterday because we don't do one on Mondays. And so we couldn't, you know, talk about September 11th, 2001, the oatmeal, uh, for brains in chief was in Alaska. The first time that one of the presidents hasn't honored and been to the site and done all the stuff. He was in like, he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care about all that stuff. But he did tell some lies about it, saying that he was there the day after the event and how he was, it looked like he saw that rubble looking through the gates of hell. I tell you, I was standing right there. And he's like, no, you weren't, Joe. You dumb. Where's my button? And you were not there the day after. We, we know exactly where you were. You were in Washington, D.C. You weren't there. You lying. POS, you're sorry, you're no good, your, your brain is mush. Why, why do we parade this guy around all over the world? Now he's, anyway, so stupid. Anyway, that's not my point. So I'm, I'm, I don't know how you people feel about this deal, uh, the 9-11 thing. 
I got questions. I have questions. You need to have questions if you don't have questions. Now, here's one of the biggest questions of all. Now, I, I have watched this documentary called Loose Change, okay? And I don't know if it's it's probably not the only one out there. It's just, And I watched it years ago. And I came across one of the videos that is in question regarding 9-11 this morning as I'm perusing for the show, gathering intel. And here's the biggest question, one of the biggest questions. I mean, there are lots of questions, but here's Building 7, all right? Building 7, World Trade Center Building 7 collapsed, and with it some of the most high-profile Wall Street cases and financial crimes to ever see the day, light of day, and then they were all destroyed. Hashtag Enron. Building 7 came down without being hit by any planes. I don't know, do you remember that? And it was a controlled explosion. You can see the explosions happening in this video. And then the building comes straight down. And I mean, maybe you've got some explanations for that. I don't remember any real good explanations. Like, well, why did that building go down? And nobody was in it. It was, it was just like, hello, hang on. I don't understand this. How does that happen? It's not the, the repercussions from the twin towers over there that you know, just had to hit that one building and then it all disappeared. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild. This person is also saying that, you know, the whole thing's big. It's, anyway, I don't know how you feel about all that. I feel I got I got massive questions around that whole thing. To be quite honest with you, I really really do. I don't know how do you, how do you what do you think? Um, what is Fayroy saying? Efasha setting in eat more vitamin E. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean, at all. Tony, good engineering, buddy. While you're in shop class in high school learning about electrical wiring, we were in home economics knowing which switch operates the fan. <laughs> ah, that's pretty good right there. Yeah, I know it. I know it. <sighs> Tell you what. But, hey, we got a fan in there. Brand new one and a brand new switch. <laughs> Phew. Okay, all right. What else have we got happening in the world? So the nine eleven is. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm moving on. I don't, I don't even know what to think about all that. I think it uh, honestly, I just wouldn't put it past our government to do anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. I just don't trust them. I, I know it's conspiratorial, but anyway. In other news, uh, New York is in a meltdown. New York City Mayor Adams and the Governor Hochul, their failures. Riding the time machine back to the 1970s. Buckle up, folks. It's going to be getting worse. Every man for themselves in New York City. They're announcing they're cutting overtime pay for police, despite being understaffed by thousands. Police unions say Mayor Eric Adams will jeopardize public safety. <laughs> you think? Let me see. We got, a, we got a city being overrun supposedly by illegals now. Can't handle them all. Crime is, is going crazy in New York City from what I see. What they tell us, New Yorkers saying it's not worth living there anymore. And in all their brilliance, because their money's tight, they got a $12 billion deficit up there. They're going to cut the overtime for the cops. I don't know. 
I don't know. I I don't know. I think there's other places you can cut. Maybe the mayor's paycheck. Maybe cut the administrative pay of those losers. No, let's start with the cops. Let's start with the cops. Don't pay them any overtime. Make them work. I mean, oh, I mean, you, you talk about raising morale in the police force. It's understaffed, overworked already. And then you <laughs> you see who we have running the show out there? Hmm. I swear to you, it seems like most of the chaos is, is uh, it's constructed. It's designed. It's constructed. They do it on purpose so they can have chaos in the street. They want chaos. Okay, we got to understand that. The elitist globalist weirdos out there, they want chaos. They want crime and chaos. They want BLMers and those kind of people burning cities, crime, out of control. Why, Brooks? Well, it's my theory. Because the government then can come in and take more control. They can control more. And they can set you know, curfews and they can bring in you know martial law at some point when it gets really, really bad. It, it gives them control. And they, all, they want control. Okay? They want control. It's all about control. It's just anything they can do to get control. So you got to let it, you know, get out of hand so that we can raise, bring the big hand in, and 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 it's all about control. So anyway, there's that. But that's New York City. Nobody cares. Never been. I don't know that I'll ever go. I I don't know. I'll probably go one of these days, but I don't. I don't. I'm not longing to go to New York City. I promise. There's other places I want to see before that. Right there. Governor Stitt calls for a special session for tax fairness. All right, this is a little closer to home. He's announced yesterday a special session, and it's going to start October 3rd to demand tax fairness for all Oklahomans, not just the Native Americans, is basically what this is all about. We have a job. One of the, He says we got one job to serve and protect all 4 million, million Amer- Oklahomans Said the governor, I'm calling on the legislative to fight for Oklahoma to demand fairness and transparency in our tax system and the budget process. I'm also calling for the legislature to put Oklahoma on a path to zero income tax and give Oklahomans a much needed tax break. If not now, when? Now, this is partly involving the the tax situation with the Native Americans. Okay, so he's put in place or he's wanting to put in place the agenda anyway is a trigger law mandating that if a state or federal court finds that some individuals due to their race or heritage or political classification don't have to pay a state tax, then no Oklahoman will have to pay a state tax. That's what he's proposing, a trigger law, he calls it. And this is, and I don't even know what all is out there that's, stirring all this up, but he's saying that all Oklahomans need to be the same. All right. You can't have this group over here that can, can break the law and not have to pay any taxes or whatever, whatever his case is that he's making, you got to treat everybody the same and it's not being treated the same. Now, of course, the tribal folks are like, Hey, we have sovereignty. You're coming against our sovereignty and we have, you know, these protections and this is who we are. You're against sovereignty. And there's this battle going on. We know Eastern Oklahoma people know the people in Finland don't know what we're talking about, but Anyway, you know what I'm saying? And so there's this there's this this ongoing battle and now he's he's hired a new guy, Wes uh No Fire. I think it's the guy's last name. He was he ran for 
Senator Conrad, you know, he, he was a politician guy. He's a Cherokee, and he's going to kind of be the liaison between the governor and the tribes. The chief of the Cherokee said he's lousy. He's a horrible guy. He's, he's not the guy to do it at all. And so, you know, I don't know. There's a battle still going on. A special a, session a, a is coming, and they're going to figure this all out. So, you know, we'll, maybe we'll talk to Representative Banning. I know he's been telling me about this. M- Mr. Chris Banning's been calling me. We've been talking about some of this stuff. And maybe we'll talk to Mr. Fettgetter as well, if we can get him away from feeding the deer and his deer ranch out there uh, out there in the country. So I don't know. We'll see what's happening. It's coming next month, and we'll see what it all happens with all that deal right there, okay? All right. Okay, what else do we have in news? we got to take a break at some point and pay a bill or two. It's getting that 25 minutes past the hour. We will come back. There's a lot more to talk about. Don't leave us. We're just getting warmed up here on the Brewers Breathing. I'm Brooks Brewer, and glad to know you. If you want to get involved, jump on in here. Don't be scared. 918-756-3646. Text or call. I appreciate your input. It's always good stuff. <clears throat> oh, oh. <laughs> now I get what Fayroy is saying. He's texted back in. Ephasia. Ephasia. That's the mental problem that I'm having. He said, I need more vitamin E. That may be it. I do take a vitamin D every day, but I maybe need a bone up on the vitamin E because we got something going on up there that's not good right there. Okay, let's see. <laughs> what do we have happening in news? More border blunders. This is uh, unbelievable. Again, it looks like it's on purpose. Tens of thousands of Mexican families members crossed the southern border in the recent months, soaring past previous levels. President Biden's decision to end migrant family detention and launch an app for people to schedule legal border crossings have continued, uh, likely contributed to a drawing more Mexican families, experts tell Axios magazine. Governance concerns, poverty, watching other migrants take their chances at the U.S., all probable factors in the uh, for the rise, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you've so got this app, CBP1 app. When you open legal pathways, folks will take advantage of this. So it's some, you know, you get get the app and you you, <laughs> you sign up to come across legally. They let you in. They give you a work permit. In, in about six weeks, you can legally stay now in the country for two years. And this is supposed to help, I guess, somehow <laughs> lower the, the illegal crossings. I, I don't know. I, I, I tell you what, this is, it's just, you know, it's, it's just getting worse all the time. Nothing's being done. Absolutely zero. Nada. The same old, same old, same old, same old. And I don't know if you saw old Tucker Carlson. He had a, he had a, he was giving a speech somewhere about all this. And he I don't know who he was talking to. I, th- I thought I would have probably had it here, but I don't see it. And he was he was slamming um, Governor Abbott down in Texas for not doing anything. He said in his speech, he said, you know, I've I've talked to him three times. The hospitality. I wonder what this is. Let's see what this call is. Want to real quick? Let's see what we got. Hey, good morning. Thanks for calling the radio show. You're on the air. Hey, Brewer, it's Tony. 
Tommy, I've got a parable for you about uh, oh, the hi, New York City, New York City housing situation, border situation. <clears throat> so it's a little parable um, that we're taught in nonprofit work, and we're taught it because in nonprofit work, you're trying to solve a problem that the community cares about or that the state or the government cares about solving. It usually involves a compassionate component. So the parable is this. There is a, a village at the bottom of a mountain. They have a beautiful river that runs through it. And one day when they were out washing their clothes, they found three babies in the river. And they jumped in and rescued the babies, pulled them out, gave them milk, gave them clothing. The next day, there was five babies in the river, and they jumped in and saved them. The next day, there was ten babies, and they jumped in and saved them. And they had a meeting of the council of the tribe, and they said, <clears throat> we got to figure out why there's so many babies in this river. We're running out of food to feed them. We're running out of clothes to clothe them. We've got to figure out what's causing the babies to come into the river. So they sent a, a task force up to the top of the mountain. What they found was there was an ogre up there, and he was pillaging villages on the other side of the mountain and kidnapping babies and throwing them on the river. They came back and reported to the uh, community what they found. And they said, well, how are we going to handle this? And they said, well, we need to sew more clothes. We need to get more milk for the babies. We need to do all this because we've got to be compassionate towards these babies. And the wise elder of the community stood up and he said, what I want to know is who's going to go up that mountain and kill that ogre. And that's where we are. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> There's no punchline. It's that's, a parable. It's not that's a the punchline. Yeah, that yeah. is... That's where we are. Who is going to solve well, the problem? Now, because it's not it's not compassionate to let people live on the street. It's not compassionate to let people come across the border and be killed trying to get here. That's true. Now, Tony, the vice president, Kamala, has addressed the cause. I don't know if you knew this or not, but she has she's the border czar. I don't know if because you, you, you never see her down there. You, you probably wouldn't know that either. And she has addressed this, and she has determined that much of the cause is climate change. <laughs> it's the climate. Oh boy! It's forcing them up there, and there's just nothing we can do about that. I'm serious now. That's that's one of the things that she said is uh, is the big reason is is the climate. But yeah, you, no, and, and seriously, you're you're right. I mean, it's, it, that is that is the nonsense we see happening. They're exactly right. You know, and we're not doing it. I don't know why. I think I know why, but it's it's certainly more milk in clothes is not going to fix it, is it? No, and you you also it's kind of one of those things. Follow the money. You should not be profiting off of people's suffering. Yeah, and so there's something in that line. In nonprofit work, we're told we ought, we should solve the problem and be compassionate and meet people's needs, but at the same time, we should be you know, addressing policy and addressing situations so that it doesn't keep happening. In nonprofit work, you're supposed to work your way out of a job. Yeah. In government policy work, you should be making policies that 
that solve the problem so you don't have to keep addressing this issue with taxpayer dollars. I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I feel like the I've heard or read that the Catholic Church is, is pretty big involved with some of the ministry to the illegals, and they get a bunch of money from the government to to do some of this work. And it makes you wonder a little bit about some of that. You know, I don't know who all else is involved. I don't want to try to throw the Catholics under the bus here, but that's a good well, that's a good way to put was, it, trying to work yourself out of a job. I was, well, I would say to that issue that there are there are two there's two sides to that. There's the compassionate side. You've got to still take care of the babies that are coming down the river. And that's what the Catholic Church is involved in, is taking care of the people that are already here. But the government is supposed to be taking care of the ogre, and they're not taking care of the ogre. Yeah, 100% right. That's a good parable. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's good. We're going to ponder on that. You're welcome, buddy. We're going to be looking for that ogre. We know who the ogre is. Well, thanks, Tony. Yeah. Have a good day. Share anytime. Bye-bye. That's my old friend Tony right there from Sayre. <clears throat> I thought for sure this was going to go the way of of, uh, of Moses. I kept waiting for Moses. Something about Moses and the river and the babies coming out of the river, and you know, didn't go that way. I kept thinking I knew this, how the story was going to go, <clears throat> and uh, no, it's got to kill the ogre. Not streaming app, but you're on the radio. I, I don't know the app is the app not streaming. I think people are people are getting it on the online. Uh, Pam, I don't know if there's any problems or not. Seems to be streaming. Are you guys getting the stream out there? Everybody doing okay on that deal? I don't know. Uh, from what I can tell, it's, it's it's all going like it's supposed to. Thank you, Precious. Appreciate that. Okay. So anyway, there's that happening. Um, what's our time? We got this. What do we got? We got we got we got stuff. I don't even know where to start. We've already started, I guess, haven't we? People are texting here. The app is working. Thank you, JP. Pam, it's it's on your end. Sorry, hon. You got to figure that one out on your own self. Donald Trump rages that we are paying $6 billion for hostages in Iran. I don't know if you've seen any of this or not. Donald Trump joined a list of Republican figures who criticized the Biden administration for releasing $6 billion in frozen Iranian money in exchange for the release of five American detainees. The deal, which was announced in August, will see a blanket sanctions waiver for international banks to allow the money from past Iranian oil sales to move through the country. So here you got these, these criminal terrorists over there. A terrorist state, Iran, we've got hostages, and we're giving them $6 billion dollars to give us our people back, six billion would it be? And uh, I'm trying to see if in this article it talks about uh, Trump. Didn't Trump get some hostages back back in the day without any money down? I mean, Trump's point is if you're paying a billion dollars for a kidnapped individual, then you're going to get more kidnappings. You know what I'm saying right there? That's why you don't negotiate with terrorists, he says. That's why you don't negotiate with kidnappers. The idea of basically paying to release, in effect, a hostage is a terrible idea. Well, that's what Utah Mitt Romney said. Uh, Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley, said it's ridiculous for us to be blackmailed by paying the $6 billion for hostages. Yada, yada, yada. Tom Cotton, of course, everybody's weighing in on this deal. That's good. Um uh, 
I'm just telling you, this White House is the biggest disaster in our lifetime. I mean, we thought it couldn't get any worse than Obama. It's worse. It's way worse. It's way worse. And the weird thing about it, I mean, everything about everything they do is worse. I mean, even people now, anybody you go ask, are we better now? Are we worse now than we were three years ago? All right. Everybody's worse. It's worse. 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 In every category. Every category. But you know as well as I do, some of them Democrats are going to vote for whoever the Democrat is. If it's Joe Biden, boom, stamp it. We're going to vote for Joe. Because we're Democrats. Doesn't matter how bad things are at all. Doesn't matter. We're going to vote for the Democrat just because we're freaking Democrats. I I don't know. I, I guess they think the same about Republicans. I don't think it's that way. I, I just think Republicans make better candidates. I just got my sh- sleeve in the hot sauce. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of Democrats, RFK Jr. not uh, happy with the DNC, making it impossible for anybody to run against the president, systematically disenfranchising the voters. Doesn't seem to be a good way to model democracy. He's fighting his own party, trying to rise uh, the ranks. And, uh, and not really going anywhere much. Here's some other political speech right here. Now, here's Sarah Huckabee. She is the fine mayor of of uh, Arkansas right over there, our neighbor. And she's a common sense kind of gal. I like what she's saying here about the COVID stuff. Let's listen in, shall we? We also have to be sure that government never again tramples on our liberty like it did during the COVID-19 pandemic. Back then, a handful of bureaucrats shut down our schools, our churches, our businesses, and forced masks on our kids and tried to implement vaccine passports. That will not happen again here in the state of Arkansas. When I took office, I repealed a long list of executive orders related to the pandemic. Now we're going further and banning COVID-19 vaccine mandates for all Arkansas state employees. And our State Department of Health will publicize the potential risks related to the COVID-19 vaccine so that all Arkansans can make informed decisions about their health. We also have to be sure that... Yes, yes, give it up! Awesome, this right there. And that's what you get from a Republican governor most of the time. Not all of them are that good, but I mean, it's just common sense. Like, it's not going to happen again, sorry. You leftist globalists are not going to get in there and get her done. And it's, it's, I'm sitting there listening to that and I'm thinking, man, what are the leftists going to do? Because you and I know, <laughs> we know they really want to get this done. They want to go back to, to COVID mask mandates, vaccine mandates, government control. I mean, they, 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 they're going to try to find a way to get this done and you've got these governors like i played for you the last week south carolina by god we're not doing that now here you open my damn body and then you got arkansas right there and in and, and florida and all these republican governors i'm, I'm assuming stit is not going to allow this to happen here what are they going to do how are they going to make that happen you know they'll try i mean they're going to have to the bill gates is of the world because he said it i don't know if you've seen the video it's so weird He's sitting on the couch, and he's talking about, well, the next pandemic is going to be even worse. And he's got a little smirk on his face. Like, 
He can't wait for the next one. It's going to be worse. He's grinning, and he, it will get people's attention. You know, and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, man. Because, so I don't know. It's it's all a little bit spooky. But I, I'm still glad that we got some folks like the fine Mrs. Huckabee standing up over there. Fantastic. It's good stuff. All right, what else is happening? The postmodern meta-Marxists and idiot administrators killing free speech at Harvard. Harvard is consistently ranked as one of the world's best universities. We've all heard of Harvard and Yale and Princeton all of our lives. The big Ivy League schools, big fan. <laughs> well, it's been rated the worst college university in the, in the history of the world for free speech in the United States. Yes. It's, they, they, they rank it, this fire org, fire, fire.org or something. They, they rank free speech. Harvard is, is abysmal. They say killing free speech at Harvard and Jordan Peterson tweeting out about that. The postmodern meta Marxists and idiot administrators that's what they're doing. They, they, those kind of people hate free speech. And I'm telling you, that's why our founders were so brilliant. They, they were the most brilliant of men and women because, you know, we, we know that. To put it in there, the free speech, number one, I mean, it, they're, in the Second Amendment, they're so smart. Our, our, our Constitution, Bill of Rights, it's pretty sublime, I think. Don't you think? Absolutely. Anyway. Harvard being stupid. You better watch out for your kids. If you're sending them off to college, where they're going, talk to them. Your little kids too, man. It's uh, they're they're trying their bed bed level desk to indoctrinate your kids. Speaking of stupid politicians, New Mexico. You've been reading about this. New Mexico public health emergency is now been declared, and they've suspended uh, your gun rights in New Mexico. That lady over there is lunatic, but she's a leftist, typical, radical, leftist, weirdo governor. New Mexico governor, Democrat Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham decision to declare a public health emergency and suspend concealed carry gun rights is being condemned on both the right and the left wisely. There's even people on the left. I mean, leftist people on the left that are condemning that. So, sorry, you can't just override and violate the Constitution. Sorry, you can't do it. She's doing it anyway. And her own team is coming out and saying, hon, can't do that. But anyway, she's, she's trying to do it anyway. The National Association for Gun Rights sued on behalf of Albuquerque resident, asking the district court of Mexico to block implementation of the order. On Friday, she suspended the concealed carry of firearms in the city of Albuquerque for a 30-day period. She's claiming public health emergency over gun violence. And you see, this is the first opportunity they can try to grab guns. They'll go up and just declare public emergency. I am governor. There's an emergency gun violence. I declare public health emergency. I have the power, and I will take your guns for 30 days. And she's giving it a go. And uh, it's causing some uh, some stink over there, if you can imagine. Just a few. So Governor DeSantis. Uh, spoke up about this just a few months ago or just a few months after ending the COVID public health emergency, the governor of New Mexico has declared a new public health emergency guns. She's now asserting the power to infringe on second amendment rights by executive fiat. 
He says, continuing, this assertion is not surprising since 2020. Public health has become a pretext for depriving citizens of civil liberties and trampling on our constitutional rights, he continued. It ends when I am president. Your Second Amendment rights shall not be infringed. And he is so right. You, you know as well as I do, because of 2020 COVID, public health became the pretext for depriving citizens of their civil liberties. And that is spot on, man. And they want to do it again, and it's coming back around. <laughs> it's like, do y'all not know that the flu season does this every year as well? And now it's, oh, it's coming. I'm back. Oh, it's scary. Anyway. Anyway, so she's, she's going to get that. That's never going to go. Her own team is slamming her down big time hard over there in New Mexico. So stupid. It's ridiculous, but they don't care. They do it anyway. They're dummies. Totally dummies. My mother was trying to text me the other day during the program, and I was talking about the barriers down to the Rio Grande were being removed. She's like, maybe not so fast, Brooke, not so fast. An appeals court grants Texas an emergency stay, allowing the state to maintain the barriers it installed in Rio Grande, at least temporarily. So anyway, that's that's where that is. Possibly going to make it. May not. We'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Okay. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? We got. We got. I think we talked about that. We didn't talk about this Yahoo right here. This is in the Oklahoman. If I can read it now, it's going to make me pay for it, and I'm not going to do it. It's uh, how an Oklahoma pastor helped his church officially support transgender rights. The Christian church, Disciples of Christ, uh, recently took a stand on this, and he's protecting the gender trans folks, et cetera, et cetera. Marcia anyway, Pyle, we got a Marcia call coming Pyle. in. Let's, let's go to the phone line and say good morning to Marshila. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Hey, listen, um, okay. I'm sorry for meeting tonight. You're cutting out something you fierce. No, I, well, I'm here. Uh, hang, hang on. Okay. Is that better? Well, uh, yeah, try me. Try me. Okay. Can I announce our meeting tonight? Yeah, please. Please do. Okay. We are having Shannon Clark, who is the director of the jail and 911. And then we are also having Jeffrey uh, Moore, who is the new EMS director. Okay. And that's going to be at 6.30 tonight at the American Legion, 730 West 6th Street in Okmulgee. Okay. Tonight, six thirty. And they have re recent, yeah, recently changed the nine one one management over to Shannon Clark, and Jeffrey's new to his position. It'll uh, be a chance for people to get acquainted with them and see, uh, you know, all their qualifications and expertise in these areas. Okay. Well, we invite everybody to come out. Yeah. Thank okay. you. You bet, you, Marshila. Appreciate all you do. All right. Thank you for all you do, too. You take care. Bye. Bye, bye That's tonight, Republican meeting, VFW, over there across from Randy's Foods. Okay, little plug right there. Take a quick break. We're coming back. Stay with us.
Story here, and this is um, <laughs> this is right in line with the parable of the ogre on the mountaintop. Okay, and I hope you caught that when Tony called in with the parable, because otherwise you're gonna not know what I'm talking about. This is exactly it right here. Case in point, we've got car jacking, car thieves, car theft on the rise <clears throat> all over the country, evidently. And, uh, we've got the, uh, the people trying to figure it out. What's going on? All these carjackings, car theft surging. What can it be? Let's get a committee together, <laughs> the task force and look into this. They've done so. And they have determined that the ogre in this situation is not the thieves. However, it is the car manufacturing companies that is the problem with why crime is on the rise with people stealing cars it is not the thieves it's kia and honda hyundai how are you supposed to say that in a recent editorial column in the new york slimes kia and hyundai helped enable a crime wave they should pay for it has been a part of the spate of national and local media stories blaming the massive surge in car thefts on the Korean automaker. It's their fault. <laughs> Is that not the case in point right there? Let's, let's find the ogre in the story. Cars are being stolen. Could it be the thieves? No, not in this case. The car makers made it too easy for them to steal. And so it's their fault. Oh, my gosh. A number of blue cities beset by crime and auto thefts have decided to sue the automakers following the success of a class action lawsuit earlier this year. On the list, suing, suing Kia and Hyundai are Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle, and New York. Literally suing these companies. The contingent here is that it's the fault of the South Korean car companies for making some of their vehicles too easy to steal. <laughs> God. Can you imagine? I mean, it's... The targeting the 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 uh, targeted cars lacked immobilizers, electronic security devices designed to prevent engines from starting unless a proper key is installed. The vehicles were Hyundai and Kia, manufactured from 2011 to 2021 without push-button start mechanisms and immobilizers. Well, <clears throat> there you go. It's obvious they're the fault. Car thieves, inspired by TikTok videos, have apparently discovered that it's uh, far easier to hotwire those vehicles than most others using only simple tools. <laughs> Might want to stop those videos going out if possible, but maybe not. <clears throat> anyway, et cetera, et cetera. Going after the car markers. You, you made your cars too easy to steal. By gosh, you, you fix it. We're suing you. <laughs> ah, there you go. Right there. Isn't that something? That is something, man. Tell you what now. Unbelievable. All right. What else? Texas declaring a uh, level two emergency. This was, this is a few days back. 
they were they thought they were going to do rolling blackouts down in Texas. I guess because the heat. It's a problem. What else we got? Oh, there's a poverty simulation event coming up in Illinois. City of Highland Park, Illinois, holding a poverty simulation event where woke rich people will pretend to be poor for two and a half hours while sitting in a comfortable country club. But hey, it's a, it's an effort, right? I mean, they're, they're going to go there for a couple hours at the country club and they're going to simulate what it's like to live in poverty, have a little, you know, a little run through and then teach people what it's like. Now, <laughs> I don't know how this is all going to shake out. But uh, I, I actually did this one time, uh, kind of like this. So I, I know something about this. So I can kind of relate. I took a youth group down from Sayre back in the day when I was youth pastor. Believe it or not, I know. It's shocking. I was a youth pastor once and a worship leader. And I took a youth group down to Texas, down to Dallas, down around uh, Deep Ellum and all, all around in there. I can't remember where we all stay. But anyways, down there. And we, we simulated what it's like to, to live homeless for three nights, I think it was, about three nights, something like that. It was at a person's home that uh, had a big house. Anyway, I took about, I don't know, probably 15 kids, something like that. And we went down there, and for three nights, we, we when we got there, they, got, they gave us a paper bag, and we had two supplies we could put in, two personal items. You could do a toothbrush and deodorant, let's say. You had to pick which two you wanted for the week, or it was more than three nights. Maybe it might have been. It was down there for a while, and so you had to pick which. I mean, so you got you got to think about it. You know, you know deodorant's kind of important. I mean, to some of us, <laughs> kind of a big deal. Toothbrush kind of important also. Hairbrush not so much. I don't even use a hairbrush really. You could tell. I know. But anyway, so we simulated. And so we and, and and you had to keep your bag with you all the time. If you set your bag down, then one of the adults would see that and they would steal it. And we would all do that. All the counselors would steal the bags and teach these kids. You can't leave your belongings laying around on the street, people. People will steal it, and then you have nothing. And uh, so we slept on the floors. The guys had to sleep outside on the concrete. The gals got in the house, and we heard gunshots. I mean, we were in the hood, man. And then we'd go down during the day. We'd feed people in the park. We'd go downtown. We'd feed people on the sidewalk, feed them sandwiches. And we had to sit down with them and, uh, and talk to them a little bit. Hey, it ain't even time for Tradio yet. Let's... Is this call for Tradio? Yeah. It ain't even started yet. My gosh, man, you're going to give me about two minutes. Well, I'll give you as much time as you need. Yeah, about two minutes is all we need. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. So anyway, it was great. So we did stimulate poverty. We we, we hung out. We did the thing. It was it was a good lesson. I don't know if this is going to go that way. It doesn't sound like it. The country club going to be hanging out a couple hours. But, hey, we applaud them for their effort. Okay. They're trying. Hey, we're out of time. See, the trade deal people are already knocking on the door. We're going to get on out of here. Let Trisha do her thing. You guys have a good Tuesday. Thanks for putting up with me for the last hour. I appreciate you more than you know. You guys are troopers. We'll see you next time, which will be tomorrow, hopefully. Okay, bye-bye.